Welcome to Conversations That Heal. This is your host, Susan Jacoby. Did you know that you are the author of your life? Every day, you have the choice to bring self-compassion and creativity into your daily life. This episode is part two of our two interviews with guest Laura DeFranco. We are discussing tools to support you in designing a life of self-compassion and creativity. Laura is an intuitive writing strategist, holistic physical therapist, and third-degree black belt in Taekwondo, praised as, quote-unquote, our favorite class by the Writer's Center. Her intuitive writing and healing workshops teach transformational tools for healing. To learn more about Laura and enroll in a 30-minute intuitive writing strategy, please visit bravehealer.com. I'm so pleased to welcome Laura back to Conversations That Heal. On the last episode of Conversations That Heal with Laura, we talked about getting in touch with your creativity, finding your intuition, becoming aware of your intuition, your creativity. On this episode of Conversations That Heal, Laura and I are going to explore intuition, creativity, and self-compassion. I've had many conversations this podcast about self-compassion. A few weeks ago, I had it with our guest, Mary Shores. I want to talk to you about self-compassion, connecting with your creativity. What, what are your thoughts on that? How does that show up in your life and also with your clients? When I discovered that self-compassion, self-care, self-love were not optional, it wasn't a luxury to give myself those things, but it actually was necessary. And even more as a person, first of all, but even more necessary as a healer, I, I started down that path and it opened up every single door I needed to follow my purpose, my mission, my calling as a healer and a writer. It was only when I started practicing some fierce self-compassion that I could successfully befriend my inner critic voice and my fear and do the things that I was a little afraid to do anyhow. And maybe it's, it's interesting to talk about those two things at once, but I love the question about it because they are connected. And when you begin to practice self-compassion, um, you're basically treating yourself uh, like you would want to be treated by everybody else. I always say that, you know, we, we talk to ourselves so meanly sometimes. We would never say the things we say to ourselves to our best friend, let's say, or child. Um, yet we can say these things and treat ourselves like this. And, it, and I had to laugh after a while when, I re- when the light bulb really went on about this. It was a complete game changer. On this show, I really like to uh, talk about, you know, how did something feel? So for the person who is either afraid or has never experienced it before, knows what it will feel like. And yes, everything is different for everybody. 
when you're talking about when you're opening up the door uh, to your self-compassion, if, if you don't mind, I'd like to like explore that a little bit more uh, because I'd like to ask you how, if you remember, how it felt um, when you were first going down that road and, and what resistance you came up against and how you moved past those. Do you re- even remember any of those sensations, feelings, experiences? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And so self-compassion to me is uh, intimately tied to uh, the inner critic. And I'll, I'll try to explain how I tie those in. You know, when we, we have these uh, thoughts that go on in our head constantly, and, and many of them are directed at ourselves. So things like, oh, my gosh, this just isn't good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I'm not lovable. Um, Some pretty harsh messages. I've even um, come up against, well, you're stupid. You are, you know, you're not going to, this is not going to work. You're going to fail. Oh, my goodness, you know. So how I'm tying that in is that through the process, and for me it was, um, with the awareness practice that included journaling. And I really don't want to forget to mention that the writing process for me has been um, a magical process of awareness, moving some of that stuff from the inside of me to the outside through the writing process. I like to say to people that I write to feng shui my soul to really create the space inside. And so as I started to write some of that pain out onto the paper, I was noticing the inner critic voice so much more. And I thought, oh, my goodness, you know, how can I talk to myself like that? And I have two teenagers now, but um, I love to ask my question, uh, question to myself when this comes up. And because I'm still triggered today by some of these voices and thoughts. And so when they come up today, I just say to myself, well, you know, is that something that you would say to Danny, my daughter? And the answer is always no, (laughs) you know. So at this point, um, using the awareness, I recognize the thought or the voice, and I can immediately recognize it as something that is not self-compassion, and I can shut it down. And with awareness, I have the choice switch it up and you're asking me how that feels and I'm going to go back to the idea idea of how freedom feels inside of you because for me it's freedom it's a lightness of being it's a happiness it's a joy it's an ease so as you begin to practice self-compassion and really treat yourself your mind body and soul the way that you, if you were meant to be treated, you start to feel so much better in all of those ways. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I'm sure that, that that'll help a lot of people have new experiences with self-compassion and justify their experiences now. It's interesting because as you were talking, I was thinking about how some of my inner critics' comments were so ingrained in me that I didn't even realize that they were inner critic comments, that they were they would even be classified as a unloving thing to say to myself. Like we were talking in the last episode about getting support. That's another reason why 
one needs support on this healing journey. You don't even realize that what you're saying to yourself is not a compassionate thing to say to yourself. Not in all cases, of course. And and also, you're talking about uh, writing, which I completely agree with you. That's been my experience also. That's been very therapeutic to get those words out on paper uh, because those are also a window into what's going on in your mind, in your inner experiences that you can alter to be more compassionate towards yourself. Yes, definitely. I love what you said about you don't even know sometimes that the messages you're giving yourself are unloving. And and you're right, that's because they started when you were a kid. They've been going for a long, long time. And yeah, sometimes it takes, um, you know, a skilled therapist um, to be that mirror. And when, again, I just use the term, you know, light bulb moment, because I've had so many of these little moments of awareness. And I think, oh, my goodness, there it is right in front of me. And that's the key is um, being helped through that awareness process. Every single time you have a moment where you realize what's happening, you can change it. And it's really a big deal when you start to change your thoughts, especially the ones that have to do with you and what you're doing and your mission in the world and your dreams and goals and desires. You know, it really matters. So, Laura, I want to talk to you also about your your offering to the listeners about the 30-minute intuitive writing strategy. First of all, can you explain more about that free uh, 30-minute strategy, and then also like to see how that get the listeners into their creative process. I know we've talked on that a little bit, but the strong connection between the two. Yeah, definitely. So I would love to get you on the phone for this 30-minute call. Um, you know, I help healers write words that heal themselves and the world. And I am doing that by um, helping to inspire you to be brave about telling your story. I mentioned in the first episode that I believe everybody is an artist. Well, it probably won't surprise you that I also believe everybody is a healer. And that's because everybody has a story. And inside of the storytelling, when I tell my personal story, there's some healing in that for me, and there's some healing in that for the reader. So there's, you know, healing all over the place when we tell our real, raw, authentic stories about our life and how we've overcome the different things in our lives. So, um, yes, I am, I'm so happy to offer uh, to get on the phone with you, talk about where you are with, you know, your story, sharing your story, writing your story, and then give you the inspiration to start to be a little bit braver and share it, whether that be, you know, a blog or a book you want to start or even just beginning the journaling process. You know, some people don't even want to write anything down because they're afraid. They're afraid somebody's going to read it. They're afraid somebody's going to discover their secrets and, I always will offer to people who are at that stage of things, begin the journaling process anyway, because it's really the process of the writing where the healing happens. And you can take those pages and you can even 
burn them after. Nobody has to read it. But if you can just begin the process of the writing, you're going to start to feel therapeutic effect of that. And everything can change just by doing that simple, using that simple tool. A couple times we've mentioned the person who doesn't think they're an artist or like, like you said, you didn't think you were an artist. I want to approach this idea about not being quote unquote creative enough. I think that that is a stumbling block for a lot of people. How do you help people through that? Which for the record is, is not true. It's, it's a lie. And you might find yourself like Laura is saying, like grandma Moses who started painting in her very late life. And now she's uh, very famous, very well known, although she has passed on. Um, so how do you help people move through that stumbling block? You know, I think that's one of my very favorite things to do is to work with people who um, are possibly still a little bit stuck in the I'm not good enough or creative enough at this to really do it. And that right there is a perfect example of one of the inner critic voices. So you are you have the message, and not only do you have the message coming to you that you're not creative enough, but you believe it. We really have to start asking ourselves some big questions here. We have to start looking at our thoughts, watching them, observing what we're thinking and how we're behaving, and we can't believe everything we think. So I'm not creative enough. Where does that come from? Um, you know, is that a parent, an old parent, message from your parent? Is it a teacher? Was it something you just assumed after a while, after you tried to draw in third grade and somebody made fun of your drawing? Like, we really have to go back to these moments where we started to think and believe that we aren't creative enough. Um, and who's judging it? You know, so who in the world gets to judge the level of your creativity? And, you know, what I learned for myself through both writing and painting, because I never really painted until I was in my 40s, um, is that there's so much to learn. And uh, you're as creative as you are in this moment, and it takes some practice, and it takes having more fun with it. It takes having a curious mindset, going out and learning techniques and I had to do that for both the artwork and the writing. And over time, I began to learn and practice and learn more and practice. And man, that's exciting. You know, I think I'm basically one of those people who considers herself a lifelong learner. There, there won't be a time probably where I won't be learning something new. And to embrace that process, I think, is really important. Recognize the thoughts understand that it's a belief that is not serving you anymore and go out and have a little bit more fun with this whole idea of creativity. Just the other day, I got out uh, some of my newsprint paper and uh, temper paints. Those are the, the least expensive paint and, and paper. And I just allowed myself to paint. I think at the time I was painting um, anger or or pain or something like that. It always surprises me what comes out. And like you're saying about the words, no one has to see these paintings. 
they're just a good tool for for me to to connect to. It's also interesting that some of these paintings that I've done throughout my uh, 20 years of healing from the childhood trauma stuff, I have saved. Looking back at it, it really um, has told a story, enlightened me to uh, how far I've come or shown me now uh, what the expressions that my traumatic self was experiencing 15 years ago. There's a lot of gifts that all of this creativity can give you if you allow yourself to receive it. There's that word again, receive. Yes. Oh, my gosh, that's so true. And so, you know, you're just making me think about this idea that we walk around in, in our lives with everything going on inside of our head. And when we begin to be out loud, whether it be by processing through painting or journaling or talk therapy or, 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 right, there's a million ways, that starts to move things and shift it. But, um, you know, there's a quote, if it's not out loud, it's not real. So we tend to take what's locked up inside of our own head and add meaning. We're just adding baggage to our baggage. (laughs) So moving this, um, it's an energetic thing, and you can move it out in so many different ways, and painting is one of those ways. And, um, you know, we mentioned painting and journaling and even singing and dancing, talking. So the idea is, to move the energy, and that is where people will begin to feel unstuck. They'll start to feel freer from it. Um, it's really important. There's a lot of different ways to do it. Even just taking a walk can shift stuck energy when you're feeling that way. Laura, I feel like we could talk for weeks on this topic. We've come to a point where we need to, to wrap it up. Regretfully, I'm so grateful that that we've had these conversations and that you've, you know, you've shared all your wisdom. I, I know the listeners will really get a lot out of these two episodes of conversations that heal. I want to remind you about Moore's intuitive writing strategy and that you can visit bravehealer.com to enroll in that and to get to know more even more. Laura, thank you for being on Conversations That Heal. I am I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really, really enjoy these kinds of kinds of conversations and thank you for being one of the people in the world that is willing to have the conversations that nobody else wants to have. It's really important and you are definitely changing the world by having them. So thank you. You're making me blush. <laughs> please contact me at susan at conversations that heal.com if if i can support you on your healing journey and you can leave a comment on blog talk or itunes to support us in reaching more listeners above all remember you are a lovable and capable human being thank you for listening to conversations that heal